Asian Pop Nation on Sin 90.7. Hello, dear listeners, this is Asian Pop Nation, hailing to you from the haunted realm of sin. We're ramping up for our Halloween special here on Asian Pop Nation tonight. The tracks you just heard were The Mystery Lover by Taemin and 28 Reasons by Sungi, which hopefully sent some shivers down your spine. Me, Alicia, Tracy, and Lee are about to dive into some spooky tales, share our scariest nightmares, and explore the creepy spots all over Asia. But before we embark on this hair-raising journey, Milesy and Noah snag the chance to interview the incredible Indonesian group Gak at X at South by Southwest recently, and we'll be playing that interview for you shortly. As I mentioned before, before we get into the little, all the horror, all the creepy stuff, we will be playing an interview that Marzi and Noah managed to get with Gak at South by Southwest. Now, if you guys don't know Gak, they are an Indonesian powerhouse group made up of the three artists, Gamaleo, Audrey, and Kantika. I'm so sorry if I'm pronouncing those names wrong, but the first um, letter of their names make up the group name. They mix together a diverse range of genres including R&B and dynamic pop along with a few others and they have a very youthful energy throughout their music and style. And this year they had the opportunity to perform at South by Southwest and so yeah, Noah and Marzi will be speaking to them more about their music and their performance. Welcome, we're here. Uh, my name is Noah Costa. I'm here with the wonderful Marzi as well. And we are here with the legendary um, GAC. Um, <laughs> here, and we're here for Simulum, of course. First of all, thank you so much for coming through today, guys. Really appreciate it. Thank, thank you, you for thank having you. us. We thank you, yeah. <laughs> it's, um, it's, it's, it's really cool. Like, it's, it's, this is definitely a, a really special one for us. Obviously, you guys have been um, killing it back in Indonesia for, for 10, well, 11 years. Well, minus the hiatus but we'll, we'll yeah. get to yeah. that. first of all like how has how has you know getting here been how has you know landing in australia uh, you mentioned up this is your first um australian no first sydney show um yeah. how are you feeling in the lead up to that and everything so far it's great it's been amazing i mean we've uh, we've actually been on a hiatus for three and a half years mm. before so uh this year 2023 is our uh comeback and it's amazing to be back and you know the opportunity to be able to be here to perform in sydney for the first time it's mm -hmm. it's crazy it's been a crazy ride but fun yeah. most importantly yeah and plus we've arrived here and we're gonna perform with other indonesian Friends, musicians yeah. as well so it's yeah. very like more you like know. a field trip yeah yeah it's like a field trip right yeah. right right <laughs> With our school friends <laughs> and everything. Oh, that's awesome. They're coming up for features on the tracks? Are they playing in the band? No, no, not no, really, no. but um, they will perform on the same well, stage, right? On the same right? stage. On yeah. the same yeah. stage. Yeah. Understand. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. That's, a, that's awesome. All together today. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Back to back. Back to back. Yeah. Ah, right. oh, awesome. Yeah, Gosh. that's great. And actually, yeah, um, a few days. Oh, the day we landed, I have seen the stage at Tumbalong Park. Oh my gosh, getting more nervous. <laughs> <And> <laughs> it like, is a big stage. Yeah, yeah. but it's so beautiful. I can't mm. wait. 
don't worry. If you just look at the uh, the vending machine and imagine that it's a, a, a human sized vending machine, then everything will seem small. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be fine. It'll be all good. Uh, for those of you listening in and that aren't aware, at South by Southwest at Sydney, which is where we are right now, there is a, a giant vending machine that's like a two story building. <laughs> right. I, it, you, have, you haven't seen it yet? No, I haven't. You won't miss it. It, it, because it's very okay yeah it'd be very much on your uh, peripheral as well while you're performing um we're gonna get into a little bit of i, I would love to talk about your individually as artists but before we do that just to reiterate that you guys went on hiatus and you came back and are now creating as a group together again mm. the music sounds phenomenal the past two releases that oh, you put out you. Been great. Oh. it's been really lovely to hear i'd like to hear just from each of you kind of what inspired moving out into your own solo ventures but then what inspired you to come back together and and work together as gac again before the hiatus we've been together for almost 10 almost years, ten, yeah. ten years yeah. so uh we had a lot of catalogs already mm. and we know that uh with the hiatus we know that we will be going back but without any like deadline exact, yeah deadline when mm. to be back mm -hmm. but we know exactly that we won't be leaving and just like uh yeah leaving the fans yeah the loyal fans mm -hmm. yeah behind so basically we know that we will be going back but then after the actually the first talk was before the uh, um after our contract with our previous label ended we decided to to have a conversation, conversation. Yeah. Talk and like, um, talking about the legal contracts and stuff yeah and then um if we're, if we happen to uh, put out new music um where should we go like do we are we how going do to we like go? another label or yeah. are we go going mm. to like do it by ourselves yeah, and that, that kind of stuff yeah. and we were like we think that we like uh, our our individual <laughs> self already miss GAC as a group. Yeah. So yeah. it's not just our listener that miss, misses GAC, but we also, the three of us, we also yeah. miss the group and working together is very fun and all of that stuff. So we decided to like, why don't we just like go go onto the studio, find a new music Do producer and mm. yeah, make another music. Yeah, because and it's maybe, always been fun. Yeah. Maybe that's the plan. I mean, like when we, when we decided to uh, hiatus, uh, we planned that we want to do... A break for GAC because yeah. we want to come fresh after, yeah. and we want to miss after GAC three well. album mm -hmm. because you know, for for ten years we're always you know in the studio and then uh, working, releasing and yeah. working and promoting every it single like day. A routine. Yeah, yeah. we want to yeah. make a fresh start. Yeah. So yeah, that actually touches into what I wanted to ask for because it was so it was really interesting as we were kind of like listening to music and 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 we kind of delved into your um, individual releases as well. Obviously, that would have been really huge. Because it's like, you know, again, doing it for 10 years, it, like you said, you just said it, so it was routine, it was probably just like, yeah. obviously it was great, but it's like, this is just what we do. Mm. So coming back to GAC, I, mean, I want to get into the individual journeys as well, but coming back to GAC, what's changed about the way you guys make music together after having, after having mm. that, you know, three and a half, three and a half, two and a half, yeah. three and a half years and a half. of being solo for the first time? Well, in terms of like making how we write and everything i think i think it's pretty much it's the, the same, same. with, yeah. with just like process, yeah. yeah the creative process is pretty much the same but maybe the like new, the people we, we meet new people we work with new people i guess that nothing really have changed really yeah. it's everything, like, everything feels familiar uh, yeah. yeah but then we decide to like our own personality more to like this yeah. new gac you know what i mean yeah because before we try to make it 
we try to make the three of us like very uniform, like very same, like yeah. Yeah. the look, the yeah. wardrobe, and everything, so yeah. that people can see us as a group. Yeah, yeah. but because, then now because the thing is, like I, me and Audrey, we started out on YouTube. We're we're siblings. Oh yeah, we're siblings. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we started out on YouTube, and then uh, for like maybe like two years. Mm-hmm on YouTube yeah. and then there people knew us as Gamal and Audrey Gamalan and Audrey and then Chantika went in yeah. and then we make something new so like uh, people is kind of confused with the concept and like uh, who's this girl and whatever so we tried to like th- the first maybe like three years of uh, of our career <laughs> yeah. we tried to make us to look as a sure. group, a group yeah. Yeah. with triplets <laughs> actually yeah after our hiatus uh, we decided to like bring own personality more to the group yeah. you know sure, so sure. yeah i would say there's listening listening through your discography and some of the earlier albums that you put out especially on stronger as well there's there's definitely an element of it where sonically the individualism is coming through already like i know mm. that you were going for the visuals of, of making everything look uniform yeah. and, and getting everybody in the same place but in terms of the music itself like there's that cut at the end of the, the ballad that Chantika sings mm-hmm. and, and even just individual moments with Emilio's doing the rapping and mm-hmm. you've got the harmonies going uh-huh. with Audrey and like everything's there's all those individual things yeah. that kind of signpost already be- yeah. before you've sure. you've come across to that decision yeah. to then move out and do your own things so, and, yeah. and yeah. like it, it was kind of already being there being <laughs> yeah like in the background of like yeah. this is this is the move like this is where it's yeah. going to end up is that something now that you find you're, I guess, more consciously accessing? Is something that's easier for you to get into the studio and, and say, like, okay, I'm going to do this thing and it's going to be different. And then this thing is going to come in and it's going to be different. But they're going to come together in a way that really works. Yeah, I think, I mean, the fact that I actually love, you know, band with different personalities, I guess. So, like, I don't it really... It more color. Yeah, yeah. I don't really like something that is very... Similar. Similar and... And it, it feels kind of robotic and I don't kind of like that. <laughs> so I think with GAC, uh, we also agree to always, you know, kind of like explore what we have mm-hmm. with um, and not kind of like limiting ourselves, you know. I mean, me before, I don't actually rap, but like <laughs> I listen to a lot of R&B, which, you know, uh, a lot of infused with like a bit of mm-hmm. hip hop and it. So and then I started rapping in GAC, actually, <laughs> even like I start writing rap because rap is not, you know, Indonesian culture. culture mm-hmm. yeah. So, but like we listen to a lot of R&B uh, growing up. Mm-hmm. So it's it sounds pretty natural, but not as natural like <laughs> spitting it. <laughs> you know? I mean, I was going to say like, I mean, that's 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 a hell of a way to not rap. <laughs> I'll, tell you what, I'll tell you what, that's not rapping then. Wow, wow, wow. It's more like songwriting for me. It's, okay. it's, it's, but no, it's really, it's really great. Like it's, it's, it's crazy you say it because you sound very natural rapping as well. Like it, it doesn't, it doesn't sound like, oh, like I'm a, Single songwriter doing a rap. It's, it mm. sounds like you know, like I understand it. Very much. It sounds like you have an understanding of the art form. <laughs> you know what I mean? It doesn't at all sound like it's something that's kind of new. Kind of on the on just kind of following the whole individuality thing. I think even looking into your individual, it, it, I can really hear that evolution of wanting to put more of your personalities because it was really cool listening to your individual um, journey as well. Obviously, obviously you were Q one. Um, Chantika, you had um, Ode to Blue, which was great, and then obviously with 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 Lovelock. Oh, thank and you, guys. They were all they were all so different. They were mm-hmm. all so different, and it, it's really it's it 
and you know it, it's and all your reasonings for kind of going in those sounds were also different like i was you know looking into Virginia, you were saying that like you you mentioned that you kind of felt like you'd been a people pleaser in the past and you kind of wanted to break away from that and Chatiko, for you you were saying that you kind of wanted to really explore your femininity and and so it's kind of cool hearing gac come back together and and hearing those individual journeys come in and i'm, I'm wondering like you know going forward with with future releases and so far like like what what kind of soundscapes are you guys going to be exploring um, going forward, you know, from b based on what you've done so far? First of all, thank you for doing the research. Yeah. <laughs> That's so impressive. Oh, look, our pleasure. Hey, it's, it, when it's good music, it's just fun. It's just uh, listening to good music. You know thank you I mean? so much. But yeah, with this new GAC, actually, it's very fun because when we first entered the studio, we kind of listened to, like, the R&B that we grew up. You yeah. know what I mean, like the twin two thousand R and B's. Mm. So it's kind of fun to like mix all the oldie goldie <laughs> sound mm. with like the modern one, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. We even that. listen to K-pop. Yeah. yeah, nowadays exactly. K-pop too. Exactly. Oh, yeah. That tracks. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the thing is, uh, it's the music is very. I mean, we agree that GAC had made kind of like the uh, the sound of their own. And we don't want to lose that mm -hmm. uh, color as well. So we kind of like maybe like new sound, new instruments. But basically, we have kind of like the uh, own formula. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So Same sort of structure. Yeah. 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 Okay. Cool. I think I'm picking up what you're putting yeah. down. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Sense. That's actually uh, when you mentioned instruments as well. That's that's uh, something that stood out to me is that you've you've got the pop sound. And yeah. it's been inspired by the, the sort of early 2000s and even 90s sort of R&B mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. sort mm -hmm. of thing. But then instrumentally, it's the synths, but it's also the horns. Yeah. And a little bit of strings as well, too. Yes. And like that sort of like mishmash of things in a way <laughs> that like, yeah, it very much makes its own sound at the end of the day. Right. So when you say that you're looking to experiment with new instruments and move in different directions, is it, is it still going to have some of those elements with it just maybe mixed with new things as well? Is that sort of where that's leaning? Yep, yep. I mean, the thing is, we love pop music. Sure. But, so like, somehow our pop music is not actually pop in Indonesia. So, like, we... we it's not a common pop. <laughs> is, yeah, yeah. It's world pop, I guess, yeah. if that makes sense. The thing is, we've been together for 13 years now. So, um, and music is very much fusion nowadays. Yeah. So, I feel like uh, with you know, writing new catalogs, new music, I think we kind of expanded to somehow new genres, mm -hmm. if that makes mm -hmm. any sense. Yeah. 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 So it's uh, it's rooted in R&B still, but like uh, if we look back to our catalogs, I think we kind of shifted to a bit of um, hip hop sometimes and a bit of reggae sometimes yep. and mm -hmm. some, you know, jazzy chords yeah, sometimes. sometimes. <laughs> so like, yeah, it's, it's a, a mix of everything. Yeah. And actually, our uh, the latest singles actually is really fun because really our yeah it's really poppy. And actually, this our second and third album we made it in Swede Sweden. Sweden, oh, wow. yeah. yeah. And so when we're doing a comeback, we're, we're thinking about who's 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 the music producer. I mean, like we want to work with Indonesian people too. So yeah. So mm. we work with Kenny Gabriel. Mm. He's the one uh, who's working with me for my. EP oh, and also Chantikas and yeah. when we when we're talking when we're doing the phone calls we were like Kenny sounds great mm. it'll be yeah. great 
And actually, he's performing also oh, here. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And today and too. Today. Mm. And, and, so and, just, and if I'm correct, you can you because Kenny worked with both of your EPs in 2021, yeah. right? Sure. Yeah. 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 So much it, fun. Oh yeah, no, it's, <laughs> and and it, it, it definitely sounds like you guys are having fun, like in all the songs <laughs> as well. When you know, you kind of described how like you know you kind of make world pop and 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 how you're kind of dipping into a little bit more hip hop, a little bit more reggae here there. Do you feel like you guys have the freedom freedom to dip into different genres? And the reason why I ask mm. that is because obviously you've got a dedicated fan base, you know, and mm. and there's so much fusion in what mm. you do, even with the kind of, with the R&B pop kind of uh, foundation, mm -hmm. there's still so much fusion. Like, again, like when I went and listened to Q1, like I was, <laughs> I was blown away by the orchestra. I was like, whoa, this is like, <laughs> that ballads. was classical. <laughs> yeah, you know, and, and, and um, Ethereal was my favorite, it was my favorite track. Oh, thank well. you very love much. Love that track, love that track. And then, oh. and then I think my favorite track on Love Lock was probably, I don't know, it's probably Love, probably Love Lock itself. Cause that felt, that felt like the kind of pinnacle nineties R&B with that pop. And then for you, I love TLC was, was, was my favorite, <laughs> but it's like, you know, that's, that's such a range. And it's like, mm -hmm. if you were to, do you feel like you have the freedom basically to jump to kind of okay cool obviously we've just done a bit more pop a bit more of a hip-hop influence but mm -hmm. would 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 you feel like the fans would receive you kind of going here or there because the genre is so wide sorry long-winded question but <laughs> they yeah. will they no, will they the will survive is, like they kind of they followed us for ever Years. now yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. so like they started out with the YouTube era, which they is adapt. weird. Yeah, they, they, they know <laughs> that they know that we like to <laughs> we, We're yeah. easily to get bored, so yeah. like, yeah. We, we love to try new things, yeah. you know? And also like the mix of uh, everything. I think we we love to mix stuff you know, with the uh -huh. bilingual, uh, yeah. bilingual releases yeah. uh -huh. and then with uh, even like our style is kind of like a mix of vintage but <laughs> urban kind of. So we like to kind of mix everything and also like our releases, you know? Yeah. It's, it's sounding very, very urban, but somehow very uh, nostalgic as well. Mm -hmm. sure, sure. And also like the mixed genders thing, which is kind of rare. Maybe like the last time I listened to a group that is has like mixed genders yeah. was S Club 7. <laughs> but, yeah, true. Yeah, so it's... And it's, even in Indonesia, it's still rare. Like we don't have that much. I don't think we have it now. Yeah. A group of like yeah, a group of boys, boys and, and girls. girls. Yeah. yeah, interesting, interesting. That's yeah, actually, now that you say it, yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> so sonically, it's always been like a featuring track, but like you have the whole album. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Featuring. Yeah, uh, something that I was gonna add on to um, what Noah was saying in terms of the the, sp the spread of genre and the, the different mm -hmm. approaches there too is that even even with the intro track. Of the 2018 album with the, the resonance, yeah, yeah. and, and the, the just the acapella, and but not only that, but like harmonically, <laughs> where you're moving with the chords and the different things that you're accessing, it, it, I, almost not to be comparative, but it almost reminded me of like Jacob Collier a little mm. bit too, oh, with like that. some of that sort of just the way that you hit the certain tones and things yeah, like that. Yeah. I wanted to ask as well, you mentioned um, bilingual delivery and, and mm -hmm. just the, like the, the vocals and lyrics, um, you know, spanning different languages. Do you find that when you switch from language to language, that is kind of influencing the, the, the pocket that you hit, like the delivery that you give to the, the lyrics that you're putting forward? Oh my God, definitely. <laughs> definitely, yeah. yeah. Because writing in uh, Bahasa Indonesia and writing in English is, Two different. different, so different. 
like English could be very simple, casual, straight, casual, straightforward, and oh. like less syllable uh, per words, I guess. So you like, have like many um, one, one syllable, syllable word. word. Yeah, <laughs> which Indonesia don't, don't have. have. <laughs> it's, it's all we can handle. <laughs> <laughs> because our creative process is like so the producer will make the music and the beat and chord progression Mm -hmm. and then we'll make the melody but then after we record the melody and we try to like write the lyrics our melody is like not enough for Indonesian word yeah Yeah. so like that's why we decided and it's actually easier for us to like write in English somehow because maybe because we listen to like a lot of like R&B music yeah also like uh, our music and Mm. our rhythm and melody sounds very urban and Indonesian Mm. tend to write uh, songs with a more a formal poetic way which will kind of weird if we put it in in our music music. (laughs) so we have to you know we have to Fire be aware, yeah. Formula. We have to be aware. Oh, this is cringy. No, we cannot. Yeah, right, right, right. That's what I want to say. Yeah. Well, I, I feel like what, one thing that I always find cool about um, bilingual arts is that I feel like it's like you're kind of empowered to use both to tell a full story. Because mm. um, obviously, I mean, like you're saying, like you know, Indonesian got small syllables, but it's like there are. I'm sure there are concepts <laughs> and things that it's just going to take it's going to take paragraphs to define what can be the sentence True. in Indonesian. Right. And as a songwriter, that's just that's so powerful. You know, and I mm. think that's a big part of why, like, the mm-hmm. music, like, kind of has, is is so uh, digestible outside of Indonesia as well as inside mm-hmm. of it. I guess, you know, going forward, like, what, what are kind of some of the um, kind of pockets and, and, and themes and what, what can we kind of expect musically, um, like, kind of going forward? We're in in the in the middle of like deciding for our third single, yeah, and we're kind of confused because we have like two different songs, mm-hmm. like one is more. It was more pop, very, poppy, <laughs> very pop, very simple and Discos, fun, yeah. yeah, simple fun, and the other one was like I found it like commercial. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. actually, this our fourth album gonna be like an exploration. Yes, yeah. like we love R and B, we love. Pop song, we love Afrobeat, so yeah, yeah. maybe we love just reggae. Dive I into think it. we we love everything, I guess. <laughs> but you know, I think we can always make something from those, you know, everything that we mm-hmm. love. Yeah. yeah, as that that that's the 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 thing that we want to keep. You know, we want to make our music exciting yeah. for us. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. because we love we love uh of uh, good songs, but like I don't want us to be board with our releases as well you know yeah mm-hmm. yeah uh well for you know thank you so much for your time like we really appreciate it like you know you've been so open with us really appreciate it thank you for thank the fantastic you. music thank as well you. i'm thank looking you. forward to seeing more and um uh obviously you're performing at south by southwest later mm-hmm. today yes. um but for those who are listening both locally in australia and internationally um performance wise uh you know what's what's next where, where, where can we see you perform and do your thing next and where can we find you as well Everything, just go to our Instagram, I guess. Um, It's all there, GAC underscore music. Mm -hmm. And you can stream our albums, our songs on every every digital digital streaming platform. Just search GAC. That's it. Too easy. Well, thank you so much for coming in. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Have a great day, guys. You too. We are keeping in line with the spooky theme here on Asian Pop Nation.
We just played some very interesting tracks, starting off with Frankenstein by Rina Sawayama, which is a pop rock track from her album Hold the Girl. And before that, we heard a Sharp Objects by Sawn. And at the very start, we heard Gak's latest single called Really Really Want. Now, all these songs are very much horror and creepy themed. They have a lot of the music instruments and styles that we associate with like horror movies which leads on very nicely to our next little segment which is going to be a two-parter where we talk about some of the creepy places around asia well guys that scare um, you it does Yo, scare you shivers down my spine from that tracy oh my god wow, amazing guys and ghouls ghosts and goblins are you ready to turn off your lights and turn up the volume as right now we're entering into the spooky part of tonight. If it has somehow escaped your notice, today is the 31st of October. That means that it's Halloween. So are you ready to get your spook on? You, you better be ready. So the rest of this show is going to be spooky themed. So far we've been talking about normal APN things like interviewing artists, performing, you know, South by Southwest, not particularly spooky. You might be thinking, well, you know, there's something amiss in the air. Like, why is it Halloween and you guys not acknowledging it? Well, Right now, we're here to talk to you about spooky places in Asia, because Asia is hella haunted. But first off on our list is a spooky place, which is not an authentic spooky place, but a manufactured sort of Disneyland. There is a hotel in China, which is billing itself as a hell-themed hotel that will leave you traumatized weeks after you visit it, which is pretty funny because in my experience, Chinese people hate being scared of things, but maybe the new generation is different. I don't know. My parents are old as hell. So this place is in Chongqing and it's an immersive experience where guests get to sleep in rooms with like coffins and wreaths and urns and white ribbons, you know, the Chinese color of death. This hotel is called the Kwe Law Hotel and the funny thing about this is that um, it's not just a passive experience where you go there and you look at all the horrifying things in the room and you're like I'm very scared let's sleep the night here it's actually like a whole experience where all the staffers are also kind of playing roles they're kind of all NPCs in your own choose your own adventure immersive game theater experience so basically um you know like a xenia birthday party except overnight and in china wait do the like staff like go around scaring people like in the haunted house or do they actually like get you room service and all that and they're just like dressed like a ghost i don't know they say non-player characters i'm thinking they're playing like butlers who are like oh by the way did you hear that someone got murdered in room 19 oh. it totally wasn't me and then someone else comes along and is like oh yes did you hear that person got murdered in room 19 i thought it was the butler I, I'm, that's what i'm imagining mm, okay that um, makes more I, sense actually I, I don't think they'll like dress up in a white sheet and hide behind the corner <laughs> just to like scare guests <laughs> that's like what a... i was thinking like they're just hiding under your bed in your room and you imagine like... the job description <laughs> <laughs> professional jump scarer but this yeah. whole like this hotel thing it just from the videos it goes online we have mm. some articles and stuff that do have videos of what like the ambiance and vibe looks at and i know tracy when we looked at this earlier off air you said 
this does not scare you at all. Yeah, it doesn't scare me. Why? What is it about it? Does it look like cheap? <gasps> I don't know. I think being there would be more scary. You know, the scariest thing is being um outside at night in like a dodgy part of the city. And this is like indoors, probably well guarded. You know, you're not at imminent danger. Like, yeah, I, feel, I would the, feel safe here, you know? The danger isn't actual danger. Walking in an alleyway in the city is actual, like, what is going to happen to me? <laughs> Yeah. Like the manufactured nature of it is actually it's like downfall, at least for you guys, because you know it's like, oh, this is all make-believe. Like this is not like this is not a place that could actually get me. Oh no, I would be so scared to stay here. Like, yeah, no, see, because that's the is my own mind. The I'll be like imagining <laughs> stuff like under my bed and I'll be like, holy crap. I, I would start like freaking myself out. And then See, exactly. That's me as well. My imagination will be my enemy. Those NPC employees don't even have to do anything. Like one of them will knock just to do like casual room service and I will jump out of my bed and be like, someone's out to get me. Ah! Once we were staying in like a place in like South Australia or something that had anthills oh. outside and my mum was like those are the remnants of the mass graves buried here from thousands like like from years ago aren't they and she was like terrified that whole night like she's insane so I think some people just have an innate ability to be scared and feel the spook from upsetting which would be ordinary to other people um, but for this particular setting I guess one of the fun things is that they have like moving coffins that open up or move unexpectedly between 5 p.m. and 1 a.m. Oh, how do you sleep properly then? I don't know. You just be I... sleeping, and then the coffiny room opens up. <laughs> I think the point is to be scared. There's no point of like sleeping. Yeah, I don't like, know. You're not gonna have a, a good hotel. night's sleep. Yeah, you're but you're not gonna have, have a good night's sleep, sleep at this place unless I don't know. One star. One star. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Why is it a hotel? Why can't they just make it a very like immersive escape room experience? No, literally. I mean, I just find one funny part in one of the articles that it mentions like, oh, like while all of this spooky stuff is happening, you know where the safest place you can go to in your hotel room is? The toilets, which are completely normally decorated. Oh, no really? pizzazz. They have no pizzazz in the toilets at all. Love that attention to detail on the reporter's part. <laughs> I know. We got a good I honestly think bathrooms are the scariest part if you were to mention Exactly. I feel yeah, like too. if they're going to go all out to do a hotel, yeah. do the entire room, including the bathroom. I think that is like oh bathtub stuff. Oh no! Oh, the shower curtain, oh. and then the mirror that faces the door. Yeah, so you're washing your face and you look up. <laughs> Or just something coming out of the toilet. I hate that. Oh, yes, you know. You're most vulnerable in a bathroom. So true. <laughs> exactly. True. You're naked and everything. So That's probably the reason why they don't have anything in there, though. So. Yeah. <laughs> no NPC could scare you there. <laughs> Legally. They even have a honeymoon room, <laughs> which is like ghost marriage themed? Question mark. That's all like it corpse, says. Um, fried. Yeah, exactly. Oh. I'm like, I'm like, like ghost marriage themed honeymoon moon and a spooky doll theme room. Oh, that would actually get me. I hate spooky dolls. dolls. I hate dolls. I hate dolls. Minus my Barbie and Brad dolls, but I hate like the porcelain kind. Oh. oh. 
No, I'm with you. I also hate dolls. Put me in the honeymoon room. I don't care if I don't have a significant The other. honeymoon room is like kind of interesting. It's ghost marriage themed. I'm imagining like they have a whole bunch of lore behind the place where it's like two lovers had a honeymoon here and then they died tragically. Uh, and then there's all these like love notes and stuff from the honeymooners like left in the room. It's like very immersive storytelling. I think if you were a D and D nerd, you would love this place. <laughs> Zenia, Zenia, would you love this place? This I think is... it'd be interesting. Yeah, all, all of my friends are D and D nerds in my high school side, so an escape room, hotel room would make a great group trip. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah. But did I scare you? Was that a jump scare? <laughs> I'm not good at that, but was yeah, hopefully that scared some people. But uh, welcome, this is Asian Pop Nation. We are deep into our Halloween special on this week's show. You guys just heard You Better Run by Girls' Generation. And before that, you guys heard Magician by Alexei Lu. And even more before that, you guys heard Bizarre Story Get Out by Pink fantasy uh and our next little segment is a continuation of the segment that we just did which is about spooky places in asia and yeah we had a lot to say about some of these places so here is part two um what's next on our list oh yeah i guess like on the topic like because we were talking about earlier tracy mentioned that this like hotel is one of those more like manufactured type of spooky places in asia and then as we were like talking about this, I guess us as a group are kind of thinking about like other like haunted places in general that we knew either personally or just like from what we've heard. I'm not too scared to ask you guys if y'all know any because I'm going to be like shivering in my pants. But like there's this high school that was near my old high school closed down a couple of years i think a year or two before i went to the high school that i went to which is near there i don't think anything particularly happened that was scary but i visited it by myself when my brother was doing a soccer game nearby and i was like i'd rather go into this spooky place than watch my brother's soccer game (laughs) such a supportive sister but yeah like it's it was it was eerie but it was in the way that it's just like you'd imagine you know broken bottles graffiti smashed windows yeah so like an average day walking in a melbourne in an average day in a melbourne high school yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> nothing more terrifying than school i agree to um honest, yeah take me back to high school that would be more terrifying than having to go through that again yeah very salient point i know in like most like at least back in malaysia i don't know if lee you can agree on this but most like schools in malaysia all claim at some point that they are like haunted in a way or like there's a specific bathroom um area in the school that's always haunted malaysian people love this stuff yeah, I don't know, Malaysia, like, I just, like, Asian countries in general, I feel like, like, isn't there, like, a highway or something that's super haunted as well? Yes, yes, there is one in Malaysia. I don't think, like, at least for me in Western world, you don't really associate something, like, you think, like, haunted houses, like, that sort of thing. You don't really think of a haunted highway where cars are driving frequently. Um, But as, you know, we were thinking about this concept, I took, like, a little Google round out of curiosity of, like, haunted places in Malaysia and then I found out that this highway which I have frequently been on is considered a like haunted 
famously haunted highway in Malaysia that gives you goosebumps, according to like every website ever. What makes it haunted? It's just that it gives you goosebumps. A lot of people have seen like like a lost schoolboy, Pontian. Oh, Pontianak, yes, which uh, is a very specific yeah. type of like ghost in Malaysia. Oh, and uh, also sightings of a driverless yellow car that appears from nowhere. That makes other drivers follow it to death. But yeah, yeah, no, the car one is very like that's probably the most popular urban legend yeah. you hear about this highway is that if you're driving like late at night by yourself, you might come face to face with this specific yellow car. But then if you like if you look into the window, or whatever, there's no one driving it. Oh and like Lee said like maybe it's leading you to like death yeah. and then there's also like sometimes you might see like a r- lone little boy roaming around the highway asking people where his mom is oh god asking people in their cars like who's speeding <laughs> past at 100 k's per hour the <laughs> guy where's my mom uh- <laughs> Yeah, no, I think it originated because, like, way back in, like, I want to say maybe, like, the 90s or maybe the 80s, there were some really bad, like, collisions and stuff that happened in this highway. It was built way back in the 70s, supposed to be an alternate route for another route, which was very, like, winding. So this was supposed to be the safer option. Ironic, because now this is, like, the most haunted <laughs> one. Um, I so interesting like all things damn malaysia we've got a highway you just want to drive from point a to point b boom you're gonna get like a kid trying to ask you where his mom is or potentially also kill you um haunting the area but i just cannot believe that prior to us doing this episode i did not know that this highway which i've already been in several times is haunted and now when i go back i'm gonna be scared out of my mind uh-huh. even in bright daylight yay <laughs> um but tracy i know you have a specific theater that you wanted to share and yeah, this, this one oh I god this this is the we talked about this on the show before like last year but there is a theater in canada in the city called hamilton in ontario um, and it's called the Tivoli Theatre. And the Tivoli Theatre was converted into a theatre in the 1920s. And it's extremely beautiful on the inside. Um, however, it got progressively um, more expensive to maintain. And it was eventually abandoned, I think, towards like the 90s and 2000s. So basically, the reason why this theatre in Canada is of interest to us is that it has a ra- is that urban explorers broke into it recently and they found a huge stockpile of formerly missing um, human-sized Pokemon puppets from the very short-lived Pokemon Live musical. Um, and Pokemon, as we know, is a Japanese franchise. It's kind of freaky. Like, if you look up videos, um, it's this extremely haunted-looking theatre, and right in the auditorium, there are all these very strange, like, massive, bright, smiling Pokemon puppets. It's very Five Nights at Freddy's. Oh, <laughs> yeah. But yeah. coded Yeah, it's very weird because Pokemon Live never played at the Tivoli Theatre, which begs the question, how did they get there? How did these puppets all show up? <gasps> dun, 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 dun. Usually with these theatres, you, you'd expect the last show to be something very normal. Phantom of the Opera, I don't know, some play that old people watch. But for it, for, for, for like, for there to be Pokemon... Of all things, Pokemon puppets of a, like infamously terrible musical is just crazy to me. 
Yeah, they really wanted to go above and beyond, and then it never happened, and now there is a lone Pikachu just... Oh, no, it's not lone. It's, like, dozens of Pikachus. Oh, right, it's... okay. Oh, it really is a FNAF moment. <laughs> oh. Yeah. But no, I've seen, like, when we were discussing in a meeting and then we were looking through, like, videos of people walking in this theater. Something, I mean, Pikachu, like, sorry, Pokemons in general, you know, seeing them day to day, so cute, so adorable. But in a life-size puppet, like, By the torchlight of an urban explorer. Exactly. Like, it's actually very terrifying. So, dear listener, I implore you, I mean, if you want to get spooked, to search it up on the internet and watch videos because oh god <laughs> like these puppets that. are terrifying oh. oh it's so perfect it's such a perfect real life horror horror, horror movie show thing horror game that's what that's the word i was looking for horror game <laughs> anyways we've reached the end of our list of spooky places are you spooked we hope you're spooked Amp up, amp up the spook factor, Tracy. <laughs> that has been Whoa. some of our spooky places. Whoa. Across the globe. <laughs> From a hotel in China to a highway in Malaysia and then finally to a theatre in Canada. What are we going to talk about next? We'll leave you in suspense. <laughs> Welcome back to the Halloween special here on Asian Pop Nation. We just played a collection of pop rock tracks that all had a bit of creepy theme. We started off with Trigger Happy by Jaguar Jones. And before that, you guys heard My So by Miyuna. And even more before that, you guys heard Hongryeon by An Yeun. Which is based on a Korean folktale where an evil stepmother leads to the deaths of her two stepdaughters. Ooh. Speaking of stories and folktales, we will be sharing some of our own personal stories, specifically, specifically stories about our nightmares. Now, some of us here on Asian Pop Nation have had some really creepy nightmares that we would thought it would be very fitting to share tonight. So yeah, without further ado, here is the nightmare segment. Welcome back to our spooky corner here at APN. If you couldn't already tell, it's our little Halloween episode here in APN. And our one mission for this episode is to scare you, dear listener, at least a little bit. But we are about to do that with something a little bit more personal, I would say, between us. As we're going to be diving into our own nightmares and our own fears. Yep, this will either be very terrifying because we get very existential about our life and our actual fears or <laughs> scary in the case of like i don't know y'all could have really bad nightmares because we're about to find out and this is where i'm gonna pass to one of y'all to unpack your own nightmare that you've had <gasps> i have a like... very short one yes go ahead please yes please jesse it's, it's from like ages ago so the details might be a bit you know blurry um but this one i remember throughout my life and it was very very long time ago but basically what happened in this dream was i don't think i was like an active participant in the dream like i don't know what person i was oh um i wasn't like a physical body there i maybe i was just like a passive observer but are you guys aware of this show called bindi's treehouse wait like bindi Irwin? yes yes <laughs> So that's oh. like an indicator of how long ago that was when I was still watching that kind of show. Wait, what is what is that show? Okay, so 
Do you know who Brindy Irwin is? Yes, yes. Yeah. From the Basically, Irwin when she was younger, she had this show where it's like themed to, oh, she has this tree house and she tells you about animals and there's like random guests. It's like, oh, this whole thing, right? And as a kid, I used to watch that. I wasn't like obsessed with it, but I used to watch it. So I guess that kind of leaked into my dream somehow. So basically, I think I started off in Bindi's treehouse. There was no one there. I wasn't even a physical person there. I was just there. And then it kind of changed scenes from Bindi's treehouse. All of a sudden, we're in a random like forested area and there's a horse that's moving weirdly. You know how horses normally move like this, like up and down. That's like when you walk, you have like normal like up and down movements, that kind of thing, right? No, this horse was kind of moving in a way that was like it was on wheels. So this horse was just moving along in that really, really weird way. And then eventually the forest kind of opened out and all of a sudden it was a playground. And there were, I think, like two or three like boys, little boys playing on the playground. And they saw this horse and they're like, oh my God, it's a horse. And they thought it was a toy horse because obviously it was moving like it had wheels. So they went up to it and it was not a toy horse because they went up to pet its nose and like the skin of the horse came right off, like the nose of the horse came right off. The best way I can describe the way in which the skin of that horse came off, it was kind of like, you know one of those like taxidermied animals where they like stuff it with something and then that gets pulled out. Like it wasn't like a body underneath. I don't even know what was underneath, but it pulled off as if it was like pulling the skin off like a taxidermy horse or something. I think what happened in my dream, right, is like Bindi's treehouse merged with somehow, I don't know if I was obsessed with horses at that point, maybe I was, maybe that was how it kind of combined. I don't know why it took like such a creepy horror-like twist. Did you wake up crying? I woke up kind of like scared, but then also like really, really, really confused. Mm, this... I was just like, what the hell just happened? That horse bit reminds me of when I was obsessed with My Little Pony and I would like yeah. spam watch YouTube videos. And like back in that day, I think YouTube didn't have a very good like um safety sort of thing for oh, children. Boy. So you could just press on anything. And I pressed on this like, I don't even know what it was, but it was like a horror My Little Pony. Like it was like zombie horses and stuff. And I got so scared. It was like the same thing, like the face of the horse peeling off and all that. It was like all cartoon, obviously. But still, that's what it reminded me of. <laughs> so maybe you watched that. <laughs> yeah, my dreams are very illogical. They don't have a like a dedicated start and end point. Like I know some friends have told me that their dreams are kind of like actual stories that actually have like a flow of events and like a whole background. My dreams do not have that. They just kind of stop and start and it's kind of more freaky that way. <laughs> yeah, my dreams don't have a start. It's just like, oh, we're on a pirate ship. So- oh. We're actually on a really tall building. Oh my god, you're falling. Bam, you wake up. Uh, So it's like for y'all, it's more of like when you're having a nightmare or like a dream, you're just like, it's like you're in the middle of a movie all of a sudden. You're like, oh, okay, now I'm I'm just here and things are happening. Well, I think the most recurring nightmares with quotation marks, like, is me dreaming about either like being late to school for an exam or just like being late to somewhere in general and then waking up and be like, wait, I'm literally like graduated. Why am I dreaming about going to high school and having to do like a NAPLAN test and having to study that the night before? 
yeah, I'll wake up like with my heart pumping and then be like, oh my god, it's 2023. Like, what's happening? You you have to like look back at your VCE completion <laughs> certificate and yeah. you're like, I, I've done I everything. Am, like, I'm in uni, mate. But yeah, that's like the extent of my nightmares, at least recently. Anyone else have an actual spooky nightmare? Actually, I just remembered another one. Oh, please tell us more please. about your screwed oh, up This nightmares. one involves dolls. Oh, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> and also, it is very, very biological as well. Um, the only reason I managed to remember it is because I was looking through my notes. Because sometimes when you wake up from a dream, you just it just starts slipping away from you. And so occasionally, I like recording it down because I'm like, maybe, maybe this will be useful someday. Oh, like a dream save journal. The yeah. Oh my god, wait, that's like the gateway to lucid dreaming. But anyways, yeah. <laughs> basically, with this dream. Um, I was also kind of like a third person perspective, I think. I wasn't like an actual person in it. But basically, there was this family and they had a son that was a little crazy. Honestly, I don't know why why they thought he was crazy, but that was just a feature of the dream. And so the family was like, okay, we might have to kick him out because he was like being very like creepy and all that kind of stuff. Eventually, they did kick him out. It was not easy because I think he was like clinging onto them and begging them. But a uh, kicker of the situation is uh, when he, he was kicked out, he turned into a doll. He turned into a doll. And so this is when my dream decided that I had a corporal body in this dream and I became a person in this dream. So the boy now turned a doll, clung to me, and that's where the dream ends. <laughs> Damn. Now let's let's unpack this. What do you oh, think this symbolizes? Jesse, oh my god, that ending of it actually, that actually like scared me. Oh! Wait, I find that so interesting that in your nightmares, you're always like, like a third Wait, person. I, yeah, she's like just a, she's like a, view. yeah. Outer what? viewpoint. Always? It's either like when I come out of my dream, I don't remember my exact involvement in it, mm. or like, I'm present there, but I'm not sure what kind of character I play. So it's just like a weird in between. <laughs> yeah, I'm the same way. Like in my dreams, I feel like I'm just an onlooker who is just standing there and no one is paying attention to me. Oh. Or I'm the like the center of the drama. But usually it's just <laughs> being strapped down in a horror movie theater oh. and you're being forced to watch something horrifying on screen, but you can't actually change anything about it. That's what makes it horrifying. You have no control over the situation. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Oh, my God. Yeah. Wow. Like, you know, when you're like running from something and it's like really slow and you're like why am i like literally swimming in the air and not going but yeah we are continuing to share some horrifying tales around the campfire here on asian pop nation you guys just heard some similarly creepy songs starting off with hungry by midi young which is a bit more dreamlike and uh fits in a little better with our current little our current segments about dreams and nightmares and before that you guys heard bingla bingla by iowa featuring sumin and at the very start you guys heard sweet dream by wacky Mecky. now our next little segment is going to be a continuation of our nightmare segment from just before where we continue to talk about some of our irrational fears as well as some well-founded fears that we had growing up um and some terrifying documentaries so yeah without further ado i will pass it straight along to the team another nightmare of mine is just like 
I don't know. It's just really real life stuff that I feel would happen. But like one recent one that I remembered is I was in my backyard and then someone opened the side gate and my dog is in my backyard. So she like runs out, but we're like, oh my God, like this bitch. Cause she's always like <laughs> running away. So, but the thing is, it was so scary because this massive like semi truck just runs her over. And then the image of her like being crushed, like, like mangled under it was so scary and I woke up crying and I was like, oh my God, is my dog okay? I told everyone in my family, I'm like, guys, I just had this dream. No one ever opened the side gate, like ever. No, I can relate to you, Lee, in terms of like most of my, if not all of my dreams or nightmares, which I, I'm not much of a dreamer, but when it does happen, it's all very like real life, like things that would potentially happen, which freaks me out a lot because sometimes I feel like I get into a weird meta state in my own dream where I'm trying to remind myself like, is this real life or am I dreaming right now? Like, is yeah. the situation actually happening? There was a phase. My family, for some reason, thought like a fun bonding activity is like, but back when I was like 10 or 11 to watch air crash investigations on the TV. And then when I would go to sleep, I'll dream that I'm like in one of those planes that crashes tragically and nobody can find my body and everyone forgets about me. Anyways, wow. and, then I, and then I wake up, I'm like, why was that a bit too realistic considering I fly a lot as well? I don't like that. Speaking of watching documentaries that then scare you witless, Xenia has a story that she's not here, but we're going to tell it on behalf of her. That apparently, when she was a kid, she watched a documentary about Yellowstone, the national park. And one of the things that Yellowstone is known for is its volcanic activity. And apparently, she became so scared of a volcano in Yellowstone erupting and covering the entire sky and the entire world. Yeah, she, she like she like little by the way. Yeah, but she, she was, was little. She was eight. Baby she's, yeah, she child, said she was like yeah. eight years old. She brought like a mattress into a parents' room afterwards. <laughs> and when she told us this like out of recording setting, we were all like, Zenia, what? Because we're all like, oh la la la, make believe. And she's like, Oh yeah, I watched this documentary and then I just thought the world was gonna end at some point. And we're like, oh, okay. The rest of us are all like, these things happen to me personally. She's like, this is what I think is gonna happen. And the world is crumbling as we speak. Oh, actually, that reminds me. When I was a kid, for some reason, I was really scared of, you know, that whole thing. It's like the sun will eventually grow large enough that it will engulf like the whole solar system. (gasps) Oh my God. I was so scared of that. Yeah. Like, the teacher was like, you know, it'll be millions and millions of years in the future, humans won't exist. And I was still like, but what if it decides to, like, accelerate? <laughs> <laughs> and, like, accelerate its progress. Uh, you know, expand early. You know, what if it's like, I fancy a bit of expansion. Like, what if that happens? And that was something I, mean, I thought yeah. about. Was At this point, the Earth is probably going to explode before the sun. Yeah. We, we yeah. got other things to worry about. Yeah. The sun is going to kill us just in a slightly different way. Skin cancer. (laughs) Yep. I guess around in the same vein, because Tracy, you talked about like something that kind of scared you as like growing up and all that stuff. I remember we, as we were talking about nightmares off air and all stuff, we also ended up just talking about things that we were generally very scared of growing up. A lot of them, which I think, especially if you're like an Asian kid growing up, is very like, common (laughs) i feel 
I mean, the ones that we have here are like forgetting to cook the rice when one of your parents tells you to, oh, make sure you do this before we get home. And you're like, yeah. And then, okay, after I watch this YouTube video. Yeah, after I play my Pop Tropica, after I finish this little island, and then you hear the door open, their footsteps coming, and then you remember, oh, oh. <laughs> I did not bring out the chicken from the freezer and leave it to like thaw out which sounds like nothing saying out loud but trust this would bring shivers down my spine on like a random monday also like in the middle of the night you got your ds you're supposed to be sleeping you got your ds out and you're playing mario or whatever and you just hear the footsteps of your parents and you're like oh my god you shut it you put it under your pillow and then you just pretend to sleep and they open the door and you snore a little. <laughs> yeah, and that extra little like hongshu yeah. for the realism. <laughs> I feel like my parents would have like, they genuinely would have known that I am lying. Like I'm faking it, but they're probably like so tired at that point. They're just like, okay, because I don't think I was a believable actress in that time. Oh, yeah, same. <laughs> I think I would like try to not smile and then they'll come up and look at me and I'm like, ha <laughs> And I give my ass <laughs> What was I scared of growing up? Oh, mummies. Wait, like Egyptian, ancient Egypt yeah, mummies? Yeah. Or, or MILFs. Leave! Oh my god! Egyptian mummies. I just, the fact that they like fiddle with the orchids and stuff after death was just freaky as hell to me as a kid. Like they went into detail about that when we were in second grade and I was like so freaked out because it felt very violating to me in my brain. And also the feeling of like, what if I get mummified alive it was always at the back of my mind. And that's why I never liked um, learning about mummies in school, even though that was like the only history we got taught in primary school was Egyptian history. And sometimes we got taught Greek history, but most of it, I swear we got taught like Egyptian history more than anything else. Yeah, I oh. found it interesting. Like I really liked ancient history. <laughs> Me too. I literally studied it for yeah. BCE, Lamau. Oh, no. <laughs> I have a little one-off one. Mm. But as a kid, you remember when you used to have to have those like parent-teacher meetings? Oh, yes. Um, but I remember there was this one time that I was like so stressed out about the parent-teacher interview that when it came time for the interview to actually happen, I just burst into tears and then like the meeting just ended right there. I think back to it now and I'm like, why was I so stressed? What did I think was going to happen? <laughs> Yeah, he was put in the naughty corner and had to pick up 10 pieces of rubbish at recess today. <laughs> oh my god. My parents both have, they still have recurring nightmares about exams. And that's crazy to me because they're like... Your parents? Yeah. <gasps> like specifically university exams is what oh. they're terrified of. Um, yeah, but like grades, I mean grades don't have the same anxiety or like same sort of weight as it does in like high school so that's very specific but it's also chinese university oh never mind <laughs> so it's mm. like a different level i mean that's yeah. just a tiny dose of some of our apn teams fears and nightmares xenia ah! said that she had a current nightmare that wasn't the yellowstone one all we know is that it has something to do with Rihanna and interest peaked. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess, yeah, spook, that's it for our spooky nightmares and fears. <laughs> oh. <laughs> 
This has been one scary episode of APN. We've brought to you our Halloween special where we talked about all things spooky, including spooky places, spooky nightmares, and of course, some fears of ours as well. I hope you guys were a little freaked out, a little scared as much as you were entertained by our little stories. And of course, at the very start, we also aired an interview with Guck, an amazing Indonesian group that produces some amazing music that mixes genres from all over the place. And if you guys are interested in them, definitely go check them out. But but yeah, this unfortunately brings us to the end of our Halloween special. This has been a very, very fun episode to record and to edit. And of course, I hope you guys enjoy hearing it as much as we enjoyed making it. It is always a lot of fun to put together a themed show. And yeah, till next time, folks. Stay away from haunted houses. Don't, don't, don't go through dark places and be safe this Halloween. <laughs>